This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.39 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. And it's time for Trending Today, where typically we would look at uh, tweets or, you know, just kind of comments online about the most trending story of the day. But today we're doing it a little bit differently. Um, one man's name is Trending. It's Syed Sadiq. And, and no surprise. No surprise, because he has been found guilty on uh, all four charges of abetting criminal breach of trust, CBT, uh, misappropriation of funds and money laundering belonging to Armad. And that was something that was um, decided at the High Court today. Now, I don't think we're going to run through the details of the case right now because we have a guest and we will be going to him shortly. But just to say that the latest on this is that Syed Sadiq has temporarily stepped down as a Muda Party president as a result of this, even though the Speaker of the House has said that he will or can retain that seat while he continues to appeal. Yeah, so what's important to understand that this uh, charge, I think, was proffered during the time of the Muhyiddin Yassin administration and uh, and that the material facts have to do with his relationship to the um, youth wing of Bursatu, right? Yeah, the Armada. Wing. Armada. Hmm. So uh, we will be crossing over now to lawyer Fari Azad to help kind of take us through this. But let us know, are you surprised... Uh, by the conviction. Does it change your view of Said Sadiq or of Muda? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Fari, uh, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Hi, Lynn, Sherrod. Uh, thanks for having me. All right. So to start us off, um, could you briefly give us a refresher of uh, what Said Sadiq was charged for? Um. Okay, so let me just preface this by saying I just read everything off the press, right? So I, I get the first one is on account of abetting the Pesatu treasurer um, to commit one million worth of uh, CBT um, by misappropriating the funds. I think the second one was an account of misappropriation of 120000 from the Pesatu's account and um, having Rafik dispose of it. And two counts of money laundering of 50000 each mm. that he put in his JB account, ASB account. So, Faria, let's just, uh, I want to pick up something that uh, Zaid Ibrahim, the lawyer, uh, fellow lawyer, has uh, brought up in a, an opinion piece in Malaysia Kini. He's questioned the use of the money laundering law, saying it's inappropriate for the facts that, uh, that the law itself was designed for, uh, for you know, problems that are not akin to what uh, what happened, at least not akin to the facts on the ground. Would you agree? Uh, well, I would say this, you know, um, laws, they may be made for a specific purpose, right? But from a legal standpoint, uh, and, and all of these laws have elements or, or what you call ingredients of the offense that you have to fulfill. So it, it is not unusual Right for uh, an offense to be have been created with a specific uh, uh, goal in mind, but then finding out that um, okay, it can be used in in a circumstance that fulfills those ingredients, but not exactly the purpose that it was made for. So um, now, whether whether this fulfills that, 
Uh, that's the question. The High Court has said it does. Um, for my question, I, I don't know what the unlawful activities that the money laundering claim was premised on. So, so yes, but I, I see where Zaid is coming from. He's basically saying, um, you know, it, it's money laundering shouldn't apply, but um, I don't know. I mean, for me in Malaysia, I think money laundering is, amongst politicians is, is a very, very relevant offence. So... Said Sadiq is, of course, at the centre of all this, but another name is very important here, and that's Rafiq Hakim Razali, because one of the charges involves um, abetting former Armada Assistant Treasurer Rafiq um, to commit that criminal breach of trust. Um, could you talk to us about Rafiq's role in the case and why he wasn't charged? Well, the, count, the, the charge was for abetting, and abetting usually is to encourage, to facilitate, and you know, you're in a supporting capacity for the primary protagonist of the, or primary offender. Um, you know, that's, that's what we understand it to be. Um, and it, I, I, I don't see any charge against um, Rafik, or there was no report about it. So it does seem strange that, you know, you charge the, the secondary actor instead of the primary one. Really, they should go both together. Yeah. So, okay. So these are the questions I think that in the public sphere, people are asking these questions. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that he has been uh, charged and that he has been convicted today and there's there's been a sentence, right? So he's yes. sentenced seven years in jail, two counts of caning and a fine of 10 million ringgit. Mm. Now, are these... Um, uh, is this sentence too harsh? Okay, my, this is my personal view, yeah. And and uh, it, it's got no bearing on how I see him. But I'm talking about politicians in general. I think Malaysian politicians need very harsh sentences, especially if they're caught for such offences. Because, um, you know, sometimes we, we, we forget this, this idea of corruption. Yeah, corruption is taking money. But I see it in a broader, broader sense. To me, you know, if you're a politician in power and you've abused, you've taken money, to me that that is not just simply an act of corruption. It's an act of treason against the country and against every every uh, taxpayer and every citizen in Malaysia, you know. Um, the fact that there's no blood, there's no bodies and all that, you know, did detracts from the very seriousness of, of uh, these offences. So, so if you ask me, uh, given our political situation, given the, the rifeness of corruption here, it's not enough. So if I further that, right, um, I think one of the main things that has caught the attention has been that two counts of the cane. That, that, that's been the one that's really been evocative for a lot of people. And mm. he is going to be the first elected representative uh, to be whipped for a white-collar crime because the punishment exempts those who are above the age of 50. Um, yes. Talk to us about the use of corporal punishment um, in this situation, especially against the context of what you've just said. That's why, I mean, for me, I... I'm personally against a, a, a corporal punishment. I mean, it's bad enough you're imprisoned already. Um, you know, your, your liberty is confined. There's so many things that, that you cannot do once you're in prison. You, your entire life is regulated. Um, but, you know, I'm prepared to make an exception for our politicians because, um, you know, as, especially those, those that have, have been found for corruption because you, you look at the size of the, the money involved and, and, you know, we, we have to also bear in mind sometimes that this is just one instance that was caught out after a long history of maybe avoiding it. 
So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how true this is, but my dad loves to say this, you know, he says, Fari, in China, they shoot you for corruption, right? Uh, uh, they execute you at the back and just shoot you off. And, um, you know, I think that's a bit harsh, but um, I, I can totally, totally resonate with the sentiment there because these guys are ruining our country. Fari, I can see you dropped from many Christmas uh, invitation lists. Okay, uh, I want to ask you this, though, in all seriousness. I mean, uh, as Sadiq continues to be MP of MUA, uh, he says he's going to uh, clear his name by filing an immediate appeal. Can yeah. you talk us through what that process will look like? Um, okay, yeah. You know, I, I I'll just say, you know, he's, he's just really unfortunate to be the first guy who, who gets a whipping on top of this sentence. Um, but insofar as the appeal is concerned, well, um, all he has to do is basically file a notice of appeal, right? Uh, he would file a notice of appeal to the Court of Appeal. Um, and the nice thing about practicing criminal law is that you, that the lawyer doesn't have to prepare the record of appeal, okay? That one will be prepared by the judge, uh, sorry, by the court. Uh, the, the high court will prepare it. And then once that is ready, uh, they'll send it up to the Court of Appeal. And then the Court of Appeal will then um, give the, the lawyers, the defense lawyers, a copy. And they have to prepare what is called a memorandum of appeal. A memorandum of appeal really, uh, sorry, a petition of appeal. Petition of appeal really is to, to set up the grounds on why uh, you're appealing against the high court decision. So um, once that is filed in, um, you know, there'll be a, probably be a case management and um, court will set directions for submissions and um, a hearing date and off you go. So in closing, um, I just wanted to look at this notion of MP because it's... Um a few people have said it now, including the Speaker of the House, that he will remain the Moa MP until his right of appeal is exhausted. But I think um, I've already seen and, and we were anticipating calls from the public for him to, to resign, to step down in general. Um, how would you respond to this? What do you think is important for the public to kind of know or keep in mind while awaiting the results of the appeal? Um, let me just say, I think it's commendable for him to, if, if, if what you told me is correct, that he has uh, stepped down, I think that's a commendable thing to do. Um, you know, there's, there's, of course, there's the legal process, there's all the legalities that go with it. He can remain um, um, MP, he can remain president until he's exhausted. But that's just the legal dimension of it. There's also the moral dimension, right? How others feel about it. I mean, you know, there, there is now a high court conviction, right? And, and um, what we say in law, prima facie, you know, um, his... He's a he's um, he's a he's, criminal. Um, yeah, he's a criminal, right? Sorry, <laughs> trying to find a better word for that, but yeah, he's a criminal, um, and and that's what I think we have to operate on. Yes, there's a stay, but don't forget there's a finding of uh, beyond reasonable doubt in the high court already. He's gone through a trial, and um, we have to take him as that until that order is set aside. Um, yeah, so. So in, in so far as as um, whether they should remain there, I, I see I see a case for the legal position that they can remain there. But I think from a moralistic standpoint, really, um, you know, you, you should you should step away so that that um, there are not any more further kind of um, uh, repercussions or, or negative implications from that. Fari, thank you so much for speaking with us today.
Pleasure. That was lawyer Fari Azad uh, talking to us about Syed Sadiq's conviction at the High Court. Um, and that was announced today. It's, it's really big news. We would like to hear from you. Uh, were you surprised by the, the court's judgment? Does it change your view of Syed Sadiq and of Muda at all? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bigotry Free Malaysia, BFM 89.9. It is 5.55 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. We have been spending this hour talking about Parliament, but then subsequently, um, today's kind of really big headline, the conviction of Syed Sadiq at the High Court um, of four charges, abetting criminal breach of trust, misappropriation of funds and money laundering. And um, he does, of course, have avenues for appeal and there is a stay at the moment because of that process. But we wanted to hear from you. Were you surprised by this? Um, does it change your view at all of Syed Sadiq or of Muda? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, Legion says, I think his opponents want to silence his voice and that of young Malaysians. Yeah, Legion, I think you join uh, maybe a, a, a group of staunch um, supporters of Syed Sadiq in wanting to believe that uh, that this might be a conspiracy. And in fact, if you remember in the early days of the um, conviction, uh, there were suggestions uh, that in fact this charge was leveled as a way of pressuring him to support the then government of Muhyiddin Yassin. Um, and I think... How much of that came out in the trial, I don't believe, uh, from what I read, much of the, of the conspiracy came out. But yes, um, I think people hold on to that. And it's, and it's typical of many of us who support a politician and then when they fall, find it difficult to believe that um, they're wrong. We also have a voice note that came in from uh, Raj. Well, my thoughts are summed up in this saying that my dad always tells me. Uh, you know, he said, Raj, you know, if... Uh, if uh, people like you and they want to bring you up, uh, even if you murder, they will call you a hero. But if uh, they want to take you down, even if you step on an ant, they will call you a murderer. So I think at the end of the day, in, in Malaysia, we can, you know, we know that uh, whether you're in or out, and uh, anything can happen. Uh, you know, a former uh, prisoner, people can go in and. Uh, going to jail and come out and become prime minister and uh, and uh, prime minister can go to jail and you know so so Malaysia is uh, is like that lah. Well, leave it at that. <laughs> Raj, um, Malaysia is like that is just exactly it. I, I think that that tone, that phrase is exactly right. So Raj, is that resignation? Is that how? Because that's how I'm reading it. I think it's resignation and also just a. Well, <laughs> you yeah, know. but you know, let's let's go there, right? Najib was prime minister. He went to jail, yeah. and in fact, it was lauded across the world as an example that the powerful, the rich and powerful, are not exempt from uh, justice, right? And they have to be held account, and they will be held account in a place like Malaysia. So. I don't know, right? It, it, there are different stories that, that we can tell about our criminal justice system and what it produces. Yeah, I, I think also, Raj, what you get at is this question of um, how people feel about Syed Sadiq. And maybe that's something that we didn't have time enough to explore today. But he is a figure that provokes very specific reactions in people, whether it is adulation, and we see that, or whether it is a sense of 
too big for his boots, which is something that, that comes across a lot. You know, people say that a lot. And I do think that seeing the vastly differing reactions, it also depended on how you felt about him in the first place. Um, let, uh, we have others, I think, um, a mix of things. Look, comparing the sentence to Najib's and saying, how is that right? Um, Chris saying, this feels like relatively small amounts. Um, I'm not sure what's going on here. Michael, meanwhile, just says, a crime is a crime. The court has decided rule of law. Yeah, so a rule of law, the court has decided there is an appeal, appeal process. But I think the court of public opinion is going to be rife with discussions about you know, the primary uh, uh, protagonist in the story not being con uh, part of the, the, the um, not convicted or not rather not charged and so on and so forth. A lot of questions, I think, still. And it's something that we'll continue to follow up on. Um, we are trying to get in touch with uh, members of Muda and, of course, Syed Sadiq himself. So that may be something that you hear across the station in the coming days. We would like to hear from you. Uh, were you surprised by the, the court's judgment? Does it change your view of Syed Sadiq and of Muda at all? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.